Blog Talk Radio. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Ann Ortley's Weekly Weather. My name is Ann Ortley. I'm an astrologer in New York City. I'm back at the bright red desk, and I'm broadcasting live bright and early on Sunday morning. Um, I apologize for missing uh, the show last week. I was in uh, Chicago at an astrology conference that happens once every four to six years. This had been six years since the last one in New Orleans, and this was in Chicago, and I came down with the flu. So uh, I basically slept the whole weekend in a very nice room on the 26th floor of the hotel on uh, the mile. And I uh, went to, to, I gave my two lectures and then basically slept the rest of the, the weekend. So I missed the show, um, and I missed a lot of people. There were a lot of people I wanted to catch up with and say hi to. And uh, I just kind of just had, I got up, I'd get a glass of water, I'd go back to bed and sweat. Um, and I had a great, great cleaning lady, Angelise, who I'm going to write a nice note about to the hotel, who just, you know, kept checking in, changing my sheets as they would get sweated out. So I had a big detox. Now, I was looking forward to that conference. I had Mars on my ascendant, relocated ascendant in uh, in, color, in in Chicago, so I anticipated it would be a lot of fun. Two degrees Mars and my two-degree Aquarius rising. Nope, felled by the flu. Uh, so at any rate, I got very discombobulated in terms of what day it was and what time it was and and even where I was, um, as you might imagine, running a temp and sweating and all. Uh, so at any rate, it seems to have cleared. I'm feeling better, not 100% back to my old, you know, go, 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 but moving forward. And so here we are, back at, back at the bright red desk, <laughs> back to routine as normal. And uh, we have an interesting week ahead of us. And also a brief shout-out, uh, my neighbor, I came home uh, last night to my neighbors having a hall party with the cats in the hall. And my neighbor Kim is apparently in a beautiful house on Fire Island with Christine, who's a fan. So a shout-out to Christine, who's been running the house for uh, 12 years, I guess, on, in Fire Island. So I was like, oh, Fire Island. And she's like, oh, it's a beautiful house. I'm like, oh, that's so nice. So I may be contacting you, Christine, to see if I can rent a midweek, a couple of days midweek. But it was a beautiful, uh, beautiful week in Chicago. Laura Nabaldian, who, if you don't know her, she's this amazing Capricorn woman um, who runs the uh, the NORWAC conferences for the last number, many number of years, out in Seattle, uh, ran the conference. And it, it is a testimonial to a, a highly, highly functioning Capricorn. She did a brilliant, beautiful job. And for those of you who I caught and saw, great. For those of you who were like, where is she? Where is she? I was in my room uh, sweating. Um, Giant sweat lodge, I guess. Uh, And hopefully we'll catch up in person or by email or by something because it, it just went so fast and I just wasn't there. I mean, I was there, but I wasn't there. Um, and clearly some big detox. It was also Moon and Scorpio going through my eighth house, so I guess I was getting rid of some interesting stuff. But it was a beautiful conference. I had a great time. Food was good when I actually managed to eat some. And, and that's the other thing. I was off my food for, you know, from Friday night. I had a slice of pizza because I decided I couldn't do the boat cruise. Um, and I gave my ticket to one of my students. And... Uh, and then that was it till the banquet you know, on Monday night. And you know when Ann Ortley does not eat. If you follow my Facebook posts, I'm an eater. I love my food. So, I mean, I saw Amanda Poo Walsh go flying by and, you know, waved. And a couple people I waved at, but just completely missed catching up with. So we will make that be the June project to catch up with the people that I thought I was going to see at UAC. 
Um, so at any rate, uh, United Astrology Conference, big party every four years. Start saving your pennies. Uh, hopefully there will be another one in four years from now because this one looked really successful and like everybody had a great time. So our week ahead, which is the week of June uh, 3rd, we have a lot going on in the heavens. Uh, most particularly, we have a, we're at a very big cross point. Mars, of course, is um, going to go retrograde this summer. And one of the things that he's doing is he's going to be squaring the nodes of fate three times. And he has his first square this week. What I find when that happens is the universe comes to us and says, wish one, wish two, when the second one happens, wish three, or kind of one for the money, two for the show, three to get ready, or let's go. So as Mars comes to cross the nodes of fate, or comes to Amazar, not cross the nodes of fate, comes to aspect the nodes of fate, what he's going to do is he's going to dive into the south node because he's an Aquarius, and as he dives into the south node, he kind of loads it up with a bunch of stuff and shoots it out into the world. So, of course, we feel Mars as he's beginning, not necessarily when he perfects. He perfects on June 8th. So that means this, the first part of the week, up until June 8th, we're going to be feeling Mars getting ready to make some really big decisions. And, of course, he goes into the south node every couple of years, because it takes him two years to go around the, around the chart. 22 months, 24 months in there. But when he hits that south node, especially this summer, because he's going to be retrograde, it's not like he's just made his mind up. He's, he's making a series of decisions or he's coming up with a series of ideas about how to proceed. And so our job is to kind of go, okay, let's see what that is. And I, I, I caution you to jump at things. I caution you to say, okay, you know, you cleared all this out, this is leaving, because, of course, Mars going into the south node does leave. I mean, I had Mars on my ascendant. Lots of stuff left me when I was in uh, when I was in Chicago. Really just sweat. I mean, I was otherwise fine, except for the temperature. Um, so it, as he hits that south node, we have, a, we have a fever. We have an eruption. We have a boom. And then he's going to go forward to nine, and then he's going to go back and catch it a second time, uh, a little bit later in the summer, and then he's going to catch it a third time when he comes back across it direct. And then in in November, on November 8th, Mars leaves Leo and goes into um, cancer for a year and a half because, remember, the nodes of fate go backwards. So in May of last year, the nodes of fate entered Leo. And I was reading a woman the other day, and she said, yes, in May... And I'm like, oh, when the nodes went into Leo. And it was a major change in the structure of her life that had been in place for 51 years. Her husband died. And, uh, and, but it also is, she's a Taurus. She's, you know, Tauruses tend to be long-lived and tend to have blooms. So husband departing, you know, her chart is due for a new bloom, right? That is going to be something not necessarily, obviously, with him because he's left, but also for her, you know, what's left undone. And so as Mars hits the south node, and all summer long, he's also going to be squaring Uranus and Taurus. This is clean-up summer. I want you to think of it as you're cleaning up everything that is unresolved and anything that lasts little bits, lasts little bits, get it done. So in my case, I have a couple of projects that I haven't 
you know, I've been working on for a while. I haven't gotten out the door. Got to finish them. Got to get them out the door. And the Mars, in you know, into the south node says, this is the time to release it, to get it out there, you know, because this frees you up. Mars going into the south node. I cut the cords of whatever's holding you back to north node in Leo, fly forward, go towards what your destiny is. So you want to look around and you want to kind of think balloon. Remember from the Wizard of Oz? when the ballast, when the balloon, the little things that were holding the balloon let go, and suddenly the wizard takes off without Dorothy, you have to kind of think of this summer starting this week. This is a ballast-releasing week. And ballast, of course, keeps us stable, but it also slows us down. And when we throw things overboard, not necessarily, you know, throw it overboard in a mean way, you're going to leave it on the shore and sail away, that's another way to do it. But when we, we let go of things, we say, okay, I, I need to let go of that. Uh, that's something that I need to let go of. So this week I had a number of people going, I have to let go. I have to leave Colorado. I have to move. I have to leave Washington. I have to move. I have to, because they're all feeling that I have to, I have to, I'm not in position for whatever's coming new. I need to get to the new place. So it also, Mars on the south node, can feel a little bit like, uh, those fish, you know how you watch the salmon, you know, going upstream to spawn, you know, and they're like swimming hard on that water and the water's in their face and they're swimming and they're swimming and they've got a destination. So you're going to feel that energy kick up this week as Mars goes into the node for the first time. Or another analogy in the waves, you know, when you're out in the ocean and the waves are coming and there's a big one and you look at it and you go, well, do I dive into it or do I let it smack me? <laughs> I'm a firm believer in the diving in school of thought. Dive into the wave. Dive into the energy. Say, okay, what is it I have to do? And then just look around at what's leaving. I have to tell you, in my house, uh, I've got a couple of assistants who have strong Uranuses, and we're just breaking stuff. And I came home to a, of some carnations from my assistant, Kate, who apologized to me that she had broken my last, she broke my monogrammed wine glass, is what she says to me. You know, you have that beautiful monogrammed wine glass, and I broke it. And uh, I said, okay. Now, I know the wine glass, it's a set. And that was the last wine glass in that monogrammed set. Um, and I, you know, I liked it. I've had it probably 30 years, maybe longer, 40 years. I think I got it when I first moved to the city uh, in 1979-80. So it's an, it's an old wine glass. Uh, and the other ones have all predeceased it. And she was very apologetic. And I said, well, Kate, I actually kind of take that as a good sign. That's my old monogram. Maybe I'm going to be meeting somebody. Maybe that monogrammed wine glass had to go because that's not who I am anymore. And I'm turning into someone else. I'm turning into a different monogram. And she kind of looked at me, and I kind of looked at her, and she goes, so it's a good thing. I'm like, yeah, you know. And then my toilet seat broke. I mean, you know, whose toilet seat breaks? But my toilet seat broke. I'm like, all right, what's the cosmic reality of a toilet seat? You know, this is the bad part of being an astrologer. You look for cosmic reality in everything. And I'm like, all right, well, it, it broke, so I guess I need a new, uh, need a new toilet seat understand that the stuff that's going on this week, this week is really clearing. So stuff that breaks, stuff that falls apart, stuff stuff that says, okay, I'm done. I just don't have any more energy to do this anymore. I got to go. I got to go. I got to go. Give it permission. Bless it. Thank it. Give it a ritual of burial. Give it some support. Uh, and know that we're working with these energies of release 
release, release. And all of you who last week went, where's my radio show? Uh, you know, there's a release moment there. So you, you did the week. You, you handled it. You worked it out. Hopefully you found the Twitter feed. Um, thank you for your kind notes. I do apologize for missing it. But I also was like, um, when we, you know, when it got to be Wednesday and I actually was feeling like a human being again, I thought, ah, it's halfway through the week. I can, I can just do this next Sunday. Um, you know, so understand that you're also going to be looking and you're going to be seeing where do you need to claim back your stuff? Where do you need to hold on? You know, where do you need to, to, to reattach? Because Mars going into the south node does have a desire to reattach. This is also opportunity for bad old boyfriends, bad old girlfriends to knock on your door and say, hey, you know, I made a mistake. I really, I realized, you know, whatever, you know, da 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 da. And you're kind of like, yeah, I, I know I asked for you back, but now do I really want you? Remember, Mars is retrograde all summer. So this is an opportunity for old ghosts of actions not taken, not necessarily people that we had relationships with, but actions that we didn't get a chance to do or we didn't finish up on. Mars retrograde, time to finish up any unfinished actions and get them moving out into the world because that's what retrogrades want us to do. They want us to redo so that we can go forward, redo so that we see where we need to maybe improve it a little, redo so that we are working with it in a in a different format, in a different understanding. This is a direct into the south node, but there will be two more passes. So if people start knocking on your door, saying, you know, I made a mistake, you were the one, you, you know, entertain the, entertain the information. If you feel you need to make that call, make that call. Be, the, be there, Mars, retrograde. <laughs> but understand it may, not, it may not go. It may be an opportunity passed that is seeking closure, it may also be an opportunity to reinitiate if it is truly the heart's path because Mars hitting that south node directs us on our heart's path. So I know my new toilet seat, part of my heart's path. I know that missing monogrammed glass, time for me to go to Bed Bath & Beyond and buy some new wine glasses, maybe without stems because that's what seems to die in my house is the stems. All right, so let's talk about the week ahead. Uh, we are working at the week of June 3rd, so let's do the moon calendar first. Today the moon's in Aquarius, and it's got lovely aspects all day long, uh, Sunday, June 3rd, and it is going to go void tonight at 1.10 a.m. with a square to Jupiter, which is a little bit overdoing. It's void all day Monday, void all day Monday, okay? Um, and in that void, moon square Jupiter, highly emotional, moon in Aquarius, separating with a square to Jupiter of overabundance and feeling. And I have a good friend's mom who passed, so I'm going to be going to a funeral on Monday the 4th. Um, and I imagine it's going to be pretty emotional. Um, Friday, Tuesday morning, bright and early at 6.53 a.m., the moon goes into Pisces. And it's in Pisces Tuesday, Wednesday, and it goes void at 2.35 in the afternoon, or in the morning, rather, on Thursday morning, 2.35 a.m., goes void with a trine to, to Venus, which is a nice closing aspect and a very positive kind of push forward and supportive. Of course, Venus is in Cancer, so she's sentimental. Moon is in Pisces, so it's emotional and expansive. So that makes the beginning part of the week very emotionally ripe and very juicy. We also have a number of really interesting aspects, which we'll talk about in a few minutes, that kind of make ripe and juicy very potent including the um, sun joining Mercury, which, of course, whenever that happens, everybody thinks they're right. 
In this case, the sun is in Gemini, so you may hear some arguments that you go, really, you're actually arguing that position with me? You, you don't see the fallacy of the ways, but it also is, yeah, that's what I think is correct. And we also have a Venus-Pluto opposition, which is power dynamics and power struggles, especially around money and value as Venus comes to oppose Pluto in Cancer. I mean, she's in Cancer, Pluto's in Capricorn. So power dynamics, that's on uh, Tuesday. And triangles, making sure the triangles are open. And then, of course, the Sun and uh, Mercury are both aspecting Neptune this week, which is a lot about uh, being illusioned, being in the illusion, or being delusioned, or being, you know, figuring out something that makes you go, wow, how'd that happen? So we have that all happening on that Pisces moon. That's a lot of emotional processing happening on that Pisces moon. We come out of the Pisces moon. The moon is void all day the 7th uh, from 2.35 in the morning until 5.26 uh, p.m. Uh, Thursday night. Now, when we have these long void moons like this, what th- well, it means a couple things. One, Uranus is an early Taurus because um, you know, that whole back end of fire is now gone. Um, uh, but what happens is we have lots of contemplative time because what we're doing is we're, <clears throat> we're in a mode where the charts, the universe is saying to us, don't go so fast. You know, pay a little more attention to what's going on. So the moon goes into Aries on the 7th at 5.26 p.m. It's in there on the 8th and the 9th, and it goes void at 3.37 p.m. on the 9th uh, with a square to Venus, which is an overdoing, wonderful, delicious square. So Venus and you know Venus and Cancer getting a square from the Moon in Aries. It's a fast-moving square. Uh, and of course, Venus in Aries is uh, drives fast, moves fast, talks fast. And Venus in Cancer, uh, Moon in Aries rather drives fast, moves fast, talks fast. And Venus in Cancer is a little more emotionally available. Moon is void Saturday uh, from 3:37 through 12:04 uh, a.m. on the 10th, Sunday the 10th, when it enters Taurus. And then Sunday on the 10th, it's in Taurus as well as Monday uh, with a nice closing aspect of a sextile. So aside from the over-emotional the over emotional aspect on Monday, uh, the rest of the aspects for the moon's point of view, which is how the world's going to function, are pretty good. But there are a lot of really intense energies underneath the moon that we're going to look at. So um, kind of think of it as, uh, you know, you're watching all this stuff go by and you're like, wow, that's really intense. Wow, that's really intense. Wow, that's really intense. When I was younger, my uncle and aunt came from Missouri uh, to New York. It was right after my mom had passed and my dad, we were hosting, we hosted a Thanksgiving. And they all came and we walked around the city and my little cousin Stephen was probably about six. And... um he kept going, boy, that's weird, boy, that's weird, boy. You know, because he's this little kid from, you know, Missouri, and New York is full of weird people. One of the reasons I like New York is we have, you're, you're weird, you just blend right in with my weird. We're, we're friends together, friends forever. But he kept doing, boy, that's weird, boy. That, and my uncle was completely convinced the kid was going to get killed for saying this. And I, you know, and he's he's getting more and more anxious. And my uncle's, you know, he's a nice guy, but he's got a moon in Scorpio, so he can get a little intense. And um, and my Saturn, of course, sits on my uncle's moon, so you know we have an interesting relationship. But I, I said to I said to Stephen, you know, why don't you say that's different? And Stephen's like, oh, okay. And so then Stephen starts going, boy, that's different. Boy, that's different. Look at that. That's really different, as opposed to weird, right? 
And my uncle visibly calmed down, right? And and everybody lived happily ever after. Um, so un- understand that the energy this week is you're going to be going. Boy, that's that's different, huh? I hadn't I hadn't anticipated that. Or wow, interesting, interesting, huh? Boy, that's a little weird, but uh, okay, that's different. And uh, it, it's got to shift. It's got the energy wants to shift on some level, and it wants us to see things. And with that Mars hitting that node, wants to see things and free things. So it's going to be freeing up energies, or people are going to be saying, you know, I got to go, got to leave. So the Sun this week is in, of course, Gemini, and it runs um, from 13 through 17. It has uh, not too many aspects, but it does join up with Mercury on the 5th, uh, forming what we call combust, which is when everybody thinks they're right. And, you know, we've had this a few times. So don't go arguing with them. They think they're right, and they're not going to agree to disagree with you. Um, they're just going to go, I'm right, you're wrong. And then the sun squares Neptune on the 7th. Now, sun-Neptune squares um, often have big uh, water energy, one, because Neptune, of course, is involved. But with the sun in Gemini, it's also, uh, you know, telling the truth, what's the illusion, what's, what's the truth, how does that work? And um, I always think about, like, what was going on before I, you know, start working with these, working with the radio show or doing anything, and and one of the energies of the sun square Neptune is this moment where you kind of go, whoa, that's like a little scary. That's a little scary. And so the Neptune energy is uh, kind of coming from a darker place um, because it's, it's it's a little bit full of the Jupiter and Scorpio. So it's not necessarily a, an easy Neptune energy. It might be a sad energy or it might be an energy where you're kind of like, oh, I hadn't I hadn't really seen that yet. Mercury this week is running from 14 Gemini to 23, so he's going pretty quick. He's going two degrees a day. And he, of course, at the beginning of the week, you know, mirrors the sun, and the sun uh, through the sixth, and then the sun is going to mirror him next week, the back end of what he does from the sixth and the seventh. So he has a little bit of a power dynamic. He also is disillusioned or tricked a little bit on the 6th or, you know, sees something he never saw before. And, I, you know, somebody was talking to me at one point about Neptune, and, and they were like, I hate Neptune transits. And I'm like, well, you know, Neptune transits are like the movie. You know, you go to the movie, you turn on the, you know, you're there, the music comes up, it's scary, you know, you jump, you scream, and then the lights come up and you know it's over, and, you know, you go home. And you weren't mad at it. <laughs> you know, what it did was it took you on a ride. And with Neptune in our personal lives, a lot of times we feel like, gee, I got betrayed by that person, or gee, that person misled me. But there was misleading that needed to take place. And I, I always encourage people when they have a Neptune transit and they're disillusioned by it, or disillusioned by the outcome of it, to say, well, what was the ride for? What did you learn on the ride? What did you learn while the movie was playing? And, you know, and sometimes you finish a movie and you go, yeah, it really wasn't worth my money or my time. I have a friend who's always like, life is too short for bad movies or bad theater, and she gets up and walks out. I'm always like, I paid my $5. I'm staying. Um, I'm a Virgo, though. She's an Aries. A whole different different world approach. Um, But so with Neptune this week, don't think about where you were disillusioned. Think about where, why you needed that illusion. What was that illusion for? What did it give you? Because it gave you something. And now with the square, 
you're being able to see both sides of it. You're going to be able to see it and understand it in a different way than you did before. And that's what's important about this, uh, these energies. Um, then Mercury continues on his way, and he goes into new territory where the sun will go next week. And he, he finds a new beloved or a new relationship that he wants to move forward with as he bonds up with Venus. And then he also asks for some kind of drama or dialogue around triangles and relationships that he's having a little bit of a struggle with. That's going to happen on the 8th, on Friday. And then he also aspects the nodes of fate in a hard way. He's being asked to choose. So on the 8th, you're going to be asked to make a choice about how to proceed. Please, 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 please choose the heart path. Choose the path that moves you forward towards your heart stream. Um, Mercury is going to present a lot of different arguments about why you should choose this over that. And your job is to trust your heart. Okay, I'm working on a book called If It's In Your Heart, It's In Your Chart. And 90% of my job, you know, when I'm doing astrology, talking to people, is saying to them, hey, you know, this is what your heart wants. And, you, ha- you know, it's your path. It's important for you to do. So this week there's a lot of energy with Mars hitting that node and with Mercury hitting the nodes about making sure you're on your right path. And if you make a wrong decision, Mars will come back two more times and ask you, but this is an opportunity here to make a decision and get a little bit of a jump start on the summer. And then the back end of the week, Mercury is very creative in terms of figuring out things and figuring out strategic approaches as he works with, uh, he has an aspect with Mars saying, okay, that's the plan, let's get working on it. And he has that aspect with Ceres saying, let's create. And he has an aspect with Eris saying, let's change things up. Venus this week has an opposition to Pluto. So you find out about a triangle or you find out about a, perhaps an abuse of power of some sort or people not doing, you know, not doing quite what they say they are going to. And then at the end of the week, Venus squares Eris. Now, Eris is an interesting goddess. She's been getting a lot of new press and new in articles written about her. And Eris is the one that says, you know, I think this is how it's always been, but why does it have to stay that way? And so Venus, in her love goddess mode, because she's in Cancer, talking to Eris, and why do we have to do it the way we've always done it, uh, there's a dialogue that's going to start this weekend about what that looks like. Mars, of course, as I mentioned before, is hitting the nodes of fate on the 8th. We feel the buildup. He is going into the south node of releasing. Uh, he's going to hit those nodes two more times. So this is part one. So just know that whatever comes to light now, you're going to have two more parts to work with before we get uh, clear of uh, the Mars in his retrograde this summer. Um, and he's still direct, so he's still kind of pointing out the problem. Saturn, of course, is opposite Athena, and in looking and seeing patterns, and he's also talking to you about how you want to change, how you nurture yourself. Um, So this is a great week for diets, for initiating health plans, for making resolves to do things differently, for reorganizing stuff to make it a little easier to find. As Mars squares Uranus and and goes into the nodes all summer long, the, the goal here is to get your structures and your launching pad ready for you to launch and take off with. Um, Uranus has a trine to Vesta, which is an opportunity to clean up the house and get things out the door and into new directions, um, and also to make the nest a little more of a nest. 
Um, Pluto has a square to Juno on the 10th, so uh, relationships can be under enormous stress. Or you can find triangles in relationships where you have to modify or adjust for an existing triangle you maybe didn't know about. Um, and if that happens, you know, part of what you want to do with Pluto and Capricorn, remember he's retrograde, he's asking you to revise your existing power dynamics and to kind of work with them in a new way. And with Neptune contraparallel uh, to the marriage planet on the 6th, this can also be, or the partnership planet, it doesn't have to be a marriage planet, but this can be, you know, kind of challenging or testing some of our decisions about what we, we thought was important for us in relationship and what may not be. So as you can tell, it's going to be a really busy week. A lot of intellectual focus because the Gemini sun is kind of getting all sorts of ideas. Uh, and then when Mars and Mercury hit those nodes, they're going to say, okay, we got to start doing something, particularly with Mars on the south node. Um, sudden departures, drive carefully. It's a week where people are going to be very preoccupied with stuff, so they're not going to necessarily be paying attention. And Mars, of course, rules cars. <laughs> so never good when, they're, when there's a lot of Neptune and a lot of Mars together. You know, there's car accidents just because, you know, you're paying attention to whatever, and boom. Um, the other thing is I'm speaking, you know, UEC is done, so that's finished and off, and I'm speaking in July uh, the, uh, at the Great Lakes Astrology Conference out in Ann Arbor, Michigan. It's a lovely regional conference, uh, and if you look up the website, Great Lakes Astrology Conference, they have some really interesting speakers. It's this cozy little Holiday Inn, and you can jump out of your room and jump into the swimming pool and then go to the lectures, and then right next door there's this amazing diner that has wonderful food and a famous, famous diner, too, in Ann Arbor. His name is escaping me right now. So hopefully you'll join me there or you'll consider adding it to your uh, summer plans. That's in July. And then in October, uh, next opportunity for OPA, the organization of professional astrologers, and I'll be leading some workshops and mentoring groups out there if you are inst inspired to make astrology your profession or want to explore that as an idea. And on that note, I wish you all a great, great week. And thank you for your patience with me being a little little sick puppy last week and uh, sweating in my bed. <laughs> really, it would have been an ugly show because I had no, I mean, my brain was gone too. Um, it was all a puddle of sweat. So take care, have a great week, and uh, meet you next week. Same time, same place here at the Bright Red Desk. Bye-bye.